Today on Blue 58, tear it down or try again? That is the question at hand at Lambeau Field. So before we get to anything else this offseason, let's try to find an answer, starting with the biggest puzzle piece of all, Aaron Rodgers. Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Happy to be with you here for another episode. Folks, whether we like it or not, it is the offseason. We have arrived. And uh, it arrives suddenly. It arrives sooner than I think we would have expected or hoped, definitely. And if you're still processing what happened last Saturday, I don't blame you at all. Uh, Personally, well, I guess I'll let Dwight Trude explain. A great opportunity squandered? Absolutely. A crushing blow? Yes. Will I get over it? Mm. No. But life goes on. Not for me. Life does go on. For some of us, I guess. That would be the 49ers and Rams in the NFC playoffs at this point. For us, we are left trying to figure out what the Packers do from here. That's a big question, isn't it? And I think it boils down to one question. To rebuild or not to rebuild? That, of course, with respect to Shakespeare, is the question the Packers are facing right now. To their end, the three biggest public-facing people involved in this decision say there is not going to be a rebuild in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur says they are not going to be rebuilding this offseason. Brian Gutekunst says there is a plan. Aaron Rodgers says he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild, which means good. Everybody's on the same page, right? Rodgers just comes back, do a little moving some money around, and away you go. Eh, maybe. I believe Aaron Rodgers when he says he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild, which is admittedly a bit of a funny stance to take when you said you wanted to be part of personnel decisions. Well, now, not now, anymore. If they got to rebuild, they don't want to be part of those personnel decisions. Of course not. I believe Brian Gutekunst believes that he and Russ Ball have a plan. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Didn't Muhammad Ali say that? Everybody's got a plan until things start getting a little bit weird. No plan survives contact with the enemy. All these plan-related quotes that we've got. Maybe there's a plan. If I believe that anyone has a plan in Green Bay, it's probably Russ Ball. Take that for whatever that's worth, too. And I believe Matt LaFleur knows what to say in public by now. Whether or not they are planning on having Aaron Rodgers back, They know he's a good player, and they know that it's important to have good players around. So he's going to say that, of course, we want him back, and of course there isn't going to be a rebuild in Green Bay. But let's try to talk through this. Rebuild or don't? That's the question. So right away, we've got to talk about our terminology. What does a rebuild actually mean? It means different things in different situations. I think in Green Bay, a rebuild is a complete teardown. Down to the studs would be the building term. Getting rid of all your big cap number players, eating the short-term hits, and then prepare for 2023 and beyond, going into that year with probably a bunch of draft picks and a bunch of cap space. You trade Aaron Rodgers, you tag and trade Devontae Adams, you cut all the big cap hit veterans, and you move forward. So before we get too far into the conversation, we've got to decide whether or not the alternative is just moving forward without doing that. Do you just try to keep everybody? Not really. You are going to have to make some changes, but it's not really rebuild or don't rebuild. I think it's rebuild or retool. 
because the roster is going to look different, but how is it going to look? If the Packers retool instead of rebuild, there are going to be some new contracts for some guys, and some guys are going to be moving on. But the core of the team is probably going to be much the same. You're still going to have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams on offense, more than likely. You're still going to have the big names on defense, probably other than the Smith brothers. But you will build around those guys a little bit differently in the short term. So let's assess those two options. Rebuilding. What does that look like? Starts with Aaron Rodgers. You're shipping him out of town, and I would be hoping for at least two first-round picks. The max is three because you can't go beyond three years out by rule. Teams like the Eagles could do four, so could some other teams. It's not worth tracking down everybody who's got four draft picks, but probably just going to be three is your max. If you can't get three, I would do two firsts, a second, and probably a good player for Aaron Rodgers. That's not as much as you probably could get. It seems like a pretty realistic package. Following that, you're probably going to want to try to tag and trade Devontae Adams. We should point out up front, the NFL does not want you to do this. They've kind of frowned on that a little bit since the Patriots did it with Matt Castle way back in the day. But it is something you can do. It does depend on creating enough cap space to franchise tag Devontae Adams and have him sign the tag and be able to do a deal from there. But I think you would hope for a one, a first-round pick, and accept probably multiple twos. That gets hard if you're trading him to the same spot as Aaron Rodgers, which would probably be his preference. It gets even weirder if you tag Devontae Adams and he just says, no, I'm not going to sign it and you can't trade me unless I do. Figure it out which is certainly within his right. But then it gets wacky all summer long. And honestly, before we go too much longer in this podcast, I kind of got to say, I wouldn't mind the chaos. It'd be a different kind of chaos than last offseason. But something I've said a lot of times on this show and elsewhere is that chaos is my second favorite NFL team. If your team can't be good, we might as well hope for weird. So let's make it as weird as possible if we're going to go out weird. Other big names we should think about. In the rebuild scenarios, Darius Smith is gone. Preston Smith is gone. Randall Cobb is probably gone. Would he even want to stick around? Would he retire? Adrian Amos is probably gone. Billy Turner is probably gone. And all of those moves together. Trading Rodgers. Moving on from Devontae Adams. Cutting the Smiths. Randall Cobb, Adrian Amos, Billy Turner gets you about $22 million in cap space to work with. And you're going to have to do more work to have an NFL team, but you're on your way. Don't forget, you got to sign your draft class, and you probably need a few more bodies, too, just to have enough to practice. Fun times. This plan also, for the record, involves bringing back zero free agents. So goodbye, Robert Tunyon. Goodbye, Yash Nyman. Goodbye, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And goodbye, Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas. Woof. From there... You've got your draft picks for this year and next year, probably a lot of them if you're trading Aaron Rodgers. And next year's picks on one end or maybe both are going to be high. Because if you're gutting the roster to this point, oh baby, it's going to be hard to be competitive in a lot of games next year. Now, complicating this for good or ill is that the NFC North is still probably going to be pretty bad next year. Two teams are going to have new head coaches. At least one team, the Vikings, is probably going to have some significant roster turnover of their own. 
it's it's going to be a bit of a mess. So that might actually work against the Packers trying to rebuild because their draft picks may not be all that high because they're probably going to pick up some wins against the NFC North that they may not have gotten if they played in another tougher division. So that's the rebuild option. It's pretty simple. Just get rid of everybody. On the other end, what if they just try to retool? You've probably heard and seen some people saying it's absolutely impossible. And outside of one big consideration, it more or less is. None of this is going to happen if you can't get Aaron Rodgers figured out. But, but, if you sign Aaron Rodgers to an extension, if you mend fences to the extent that he wants to come back, you can make this work. An extension frees up probably just about enough for the franchise tag for Devontae Adams all on its own. And adding more years makes it more palatable in future seasons as well. For Adams, the franchise tag then keeps him in place, and a further extension drives down the cost in 2022 and 2023 and beyond. Still gets tough for the other guys. Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Randall Cobb, Adrian Amos, Billy Turner. Not sure what you do with those guys. The feeling is you probably pick two from that list and do your best. Zadarius Smith is probably not looking real good, even if you want to keep him around, just because of the injury stuff, just because of where his cap number is at. Probably not super realistic to expect him to be around in 2022. Randall Cobb, kind of the same deal. His age works against him a little bit, though when he was healthy, it looked plenty spry this year. So maybe you do something like Preston Smith did, take away a good chunk of his money if he's willing to do that, and so you can earn it back if you hit incentives X, Y, and Z. Score 11 touchdowns and we'll give you a big bonus. Billy Turner, kind of feel like he might be out either way. Embrace Yash Nyman as your swing tackle behind him, or just pencil him in at right tackle, or get really weird and come up with some configuration involving David Bakhtiari, Nyman, and Elton Jenkins. Just throwing it out there. From there, though, still going to be pretty tough. If you end up getting rid of both Preston and Zadarius Smith, that means you're already even thinner at a very thin position to begin with. Imagine going into the offseason with your edge rushers being Rashawn Gary and basically nobody else. Jonathan Garvin, Tipa Naliai, and Randy Ramsey and Chauncey Rivers coming off catastrophic knee injuries. Fun times. Good stuff. So which option do we prefer here? I know there are a lot of people who are upset with Aaron Rodgers for a variety of reasons. But... If Rodgers says, yes, I am in for 2022 and beyond, if you commit to me, I'm here. It boils down to one question. Do you think he can play at a high level for the next two to three years? Because that's probably where an extension is going to realistically put you. You're going to reassess in two to three years again. It'll probably look like a five-year extension where three of the years are actually real. If you believe he can still play at a high level for the next two to three years, you do this deal. You do. For a few reasons that we'll get to in a second. I think he can play at an elite level, or at least a very good one, for the next two to three years. 
And as a result, I think the retool option is really the only thing that makes sense for the Packers. And here is why. First, an elite or even very good quarterback is about the rarest commodity in sports. If you got one, don't get rid of him. Jordan Love, for all of his tools, and look, I'm not the biggest Jordan Love fan in the world, but he has some excellent physical tools, but he hasn't shown any indication he's going to be the guy. Sure, it's been limited, but here we are at the end of year two, and it looked like it did against the Chiefs and against the Lions. That's with him taking the majority of the first team reps through the back half of the season. Even if you still want to try to get a look at Jordan Love and see what he can do, recognize the cost of getting that look. If you bet on Jordan Love and you're wrong, you're going to be going for a much harsher rebuild than you otherwise would because there's no upside in 23 or maybe even 24 if you can't get another elite quarterback prospect in there. Sure, you've got the same kind of risk with Aaron Rodgers if he declines, but at least you swung on the relatively known commodity, the guy who won MVPs in back-to-back years, more than likely, depending on how the voting goes here in a couple days, or has gone already when they announce it. Second reason you do this is that it's the position, I think, with the fewest unknowns. Keeping and relying on the guys you've got is an easier retool than rebuilding with unknown commodities in the draft. What if Brian Gutekunst has a bad draft? What if he has two in a row? What's all that draft capital worth then? Draft capital is little but potential. And even if we don't know the future of some players, we know a lot more about them than we do about draft picks. Thirdly, the cap is about to explode. Doing this retool project would involve pushing money into 2023 and 2024, allowing the Packers to take advantage of probably two phases of cap bumps. First, the continued recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. And secondly, much more importantly, the ginormous TV deals that are coming down the pike. The salary cap situation is going to look much different in 2023 than it does right now. And that's going to work to the Packers' favor. I will admit there are weaknesses to this idea. As I said, there are still some assumptions here. But I think the best idea is often the one with the fewest assumptions. Assuming that one, Aaron Rodgers will continue to age well, and two, Devontae Adams will also age well, and three, David Bakhtiari recovers completely, whatever that means, this plan still probably makes sense on offense. And broadly speaking, on defense, you can replace some of those parts too. Even if you feel pretty good about those situations, those questions They are still big ifs. You're assuming that they're all going to break your way, which is never a good thing to do. But I still think that list is a shorter, easier to deal with one. Then you end up with, if you decide to tear it all down. The Packers have a lot right now. We can't let the disappointment of what happened a few days ago cloud what they do have. They've got a lot of options here. It all depends on Rodgers and if he wants to come back. But if he does want to come back, I think you bring him back. Now for something completely different. There is a good chance, I think, that the Packers are going to need a new special teams coordinator here in just a very little bit. 
if you're about to hire a new special teams coordinator, what do you look for? I went through some exercises to try to figure that out myself. I came up with a couple of guiding philosophies and some candidates that may be worth looking at. I think if you're looking for a special team coordinator candidate, you're looking at a few things. First, you're looking at guys who are on the upswing of their careers, guys who have worked for successful programs, and guys who look like they'd be willing to move to a new job. Why guys on the upswing? Well, first, I don't want guys who are retreads. You don't want guys who have tried somewhere else and flamed out and ended up coming to you just because they had nowhere else to go. And I don't want guys who have been kind of low-level lifers, guys who have played at low levels or coached at at lower levels. And I don't mean like lower levels than the NFL. I mean like you've only ever been an assistant special teams coach for years and years and years, and then suddenly you get bumped up to the top job. That was basically the Sean Menenga story, who worked on defense for basically his entire career until he was a special teams assistant with the Browns for about six years. Then he inexplicably out of nowhere got the top job at Vanderbilt, then jumps up to the special teams coordinator with the Packers, coincidentally having worked with Mike Pettin in Cleveland. Right. I want guys who have worked for good teams. Why recruit from teams that have been bad on special teams? I can't imagine why. So in looking for these candidates, I've only looked at teams that have had at least three top 10 finishes in Football Outsiders special teams DVOA metric over the past five years. I want guys that have been good or want teams that have been good, and I want teams that have been good recently. Finally, I want to look for guys that look like they'd be willing to move. This does limit the pool a little bit, and it's really only directed at the Baltimore Ravens because even though they are only the only team that has been in the top 10 for each of their past five years in DVOA, even though they have three special teams coaches, one coordinator and two assistants, it doesn't look like anybody's super excited about moving on. You can't hire their coordinator because that's a lateral move. One of their assistants works exclusively with their kicker and punter, and they're both solid, so he probably doesn't want to move on and take a risk on having a worse job. And the other looks like an analyst or is an analyst who joined the team in 2018 after a long career in college, finally got bumped up to assistant special teams coach this year. Basically, it looks like he's got a hobby job. Why would he want a more stressful, more demanding job at this point in his career after a long, long college career? He just passes, I think. So who are we pulling these prospects from? The Chiefs have had four top 10 finishes in DVOA. The Bengals have had four as well. And then the Jets, Texans, Lions, and Cowboys have each produced three top 10 finishes. Of those teams, of those six franchises, I think there are three candidates worth looking for in the NFL right now. The first is Colt Anderson. He is currently an assistant special teams coach with the Cincinnati Bengals. Previously, he played 84 games across eight seasons in the NFL with the Eagles, Colts, and Bills. He was the guy, if you remember back in 2015, Uh, He was the guy who ran the ball, quote-unquote, on that bizarre Colts fake punt that season. Just Google Colts dumb special teams play if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's going to blow your mind. If you do, you're probably nodding along with me right now. But check it out if you haven't. I guarantee you've probably never seen anything like that. I like Anderson for a couple of reasons. First, he's got special teams experience as a player, and that seems like something that should count for something as a coach. And he basically made an entire career out of getting it done on special teams. That, too has got to count for something. He has also coached for two years under Darren Simmons, who has been the the Bengals, not the Packers, the Bengals special team coach for 19 years at one form, in one form or another. 
and they've been pretty consistently good on special teams. If you're hanging around with that guy, if you've played on special teams, it seems like you are probably a pretty good special teams coaching candidate yourself. There are some possible concerns here, though. He's only got two years of coaching experience in total. Not two years of coaching experience in the NFL after a long, drawn-out college career, just two years, period. He's only ever done it that long. That's the big red flag there. But I think overall, Colt Anderson, a good prospect for a potential future special teams coach in Green Bay or elsewhere. Candidate number two, Michael Gobrill. He's currently the special teams assistant or a special teams assistant with the New York Jets previously. Now buckle up for this. Previously, Mr. Gobriel played for two seasons at UCLA. That's 2006 and seven. Then he worked there as an assistant in a bunch of different roles from 2009 through 2013. Then he went to Syracuse for a year as a graduate assistant. He did not cross paths with Nathaniel Hackett while he was there. Missed him by a couple years. In 2015, he was at Colorado Mesa University for a year as the co-special teams coordinator and defensive line and outside linebackers coach. Busy guy. From 2016 to 2017, he was at Tarleton State in Texas. Go Texans, D2 school while he was there. Then he jumped up to the NFL for 2017 to take a, a spot with the Detroit Lions, uh, holding down their Detroit or their uh, Detroit's version of the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship. Then he was back to the college ranks for 2018 and 2019 as at Hawaii as their special teams coordinator. For a single season after that, he was at Washington State as their special teams coordinator. Then for 2021, winds up with the Jets as an assistant special teams coach. I like him for that experience. He's got a lot of different experience and a lot of different work as a special teams coach in the past. Sure, not a lot of time as the top guy, but he's on the upswing of his career, looks upwardly mobile, and uh, he has coached with a, a franchise that's been relatively good on special teams over the last few years. There are some possible concerns here, though. Very little NFL experience, as we noted. Just 2017 in a non-special teams role in 2021 as an assistant. Still, I think he's got a pedigree that's worth taking a look at. Final candidate here, Matt Daniels, currently an assistant special teams coach with the Dallas Cowboys. He, too, a former NFL player, having played seven games across four seasons with the Rams, Jaguars, and Chargers. Exactly one tackle in those seven games and four NFL seasons. He was also with the Rams as a special teams assistant in 2018 and 2019 and has been coaching with the Cowboys since 2020. I like him because he's been with two teams that ranked highly in our thresholds, the Rams and the Cowboys. He's seen success firsthand in two different organizations as a player and as a coach. You'd figure he should know something. The concern here, like Anderson, is that he's got very little coaching experience. Four seasons as an assistant isn't nothing, but still, uh, it's it's less than maybe you'd hope for. Still, there's not going to be a perfect candidate. It's tough to find somebody who can meet all of your needs at once. It's going to be a little bit of a gamble no matter who you're betting on. Still, it seems like the Packers need to be betting on somebody else at this point. So I've got for you in this episode. I appreciate you tuning in for this one. I appreciate everybody who takes the time to give us a listen, give us a download, and throw their support behind us uh, in our Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash thepowersweep. If you'd like to support us uh, financially, you'll get plenty of bonus stuff if you do, including access to our Discord server where you get to hang out and chat with Packers fans from around the world. If you don't care to do that, I would ask that you at least share this episode with somebody you think would enjoy it. That's going to help more people find the show and get involved in this conversation you and I are having about the Green Bay Packers, which in turn 
is going to help all of us, me included, become smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.